Amen. Doesn't that get you excited? So good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And uh, Pastor Dan mentioned it earlier, but man, such joy it was this morning just worshiping with you. I heard you guys shouting. I heard you. Guys, I saw some of you dancing. And uh, this morning we're going to get into the message for today. It's back to school Sunday. And uh, what that means, we'll be praying for our kids and our teachers and educators or power educators. We'll do that here in a bit. But uh, before we do that, let's open in a word of prayer and we get started with the message. Father, we thank you for this morning, God. Uh, we've said it, Lord, but there's joy in the house of the Lord. And it's a good day to be in your house, Father. And so we come to hear from you, Lord. Encourage us today by your word. In your name we pray. Amen. And amen. And so a verse for today comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. And it will be up on the screen for you. I'll be reading from two different translations this morning. It says, I'll start with the New American Standard Bible, and then we'll read from the NIV. It says, Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The NIV says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, there are all kinds of concepts and ideas about how to motivate people and inspire people today. We can do it through guilt, through fear, or through shame. But these were not Jesus' methods. Jesus motivated through positive messages of hope and encouragement. I mean, consider a verse for today. Jesus says to his followers, you are the light of the world. Can you imagine that? Jesus said this to a bunch of farmers, fishermen, tax collectors, and housewives in a tiny and remote village in an unknown part of the world. Jesus was saying to them, you are the light of the world. Talk about a statement of faith, but let's go further than that. Talk about a crazy idea. I mean, light of the world, this bunch, can you imagine that? You know, it must have sounded silly at the time, even to them. As only Jesus could have seen that it was through this group that God would indeed change the world forever. At the time... However, it probably sounded like idle rambling. You are the light of the world, he said. And so they were. Now, do you want to hear something really bizarre? Something really crazy? So are we. So are we. We are the light of the world. Jesus says to us this morning that we are the light of the world. Think about that for a moment. You and I are the light of the world. And what does that mean? What does it mean to be the light of the world? Well, let, let's look at a few possibilities. The first point this morning is that being the light of the world requires responsibility on our part. Being the light of the world requires some responsibility on our part. Take a lighthouse, for example. A lighthouse guides vessels away from the rocks. A light bulb lights up a room. Light doesn't exist for its own credit or praise, but for the purpose of brightening up the world. 
That is the first thing Jesus is saying to us. In a sense, this verse is telling us that we have a responsibility for and to the world. I was chatting with someone earlier this week, and we were talking about how many years ago Christians kind of created these Christianese vocabulary of reasoning as to why we're not being sent or as to why we're not going into the world, so to speak. But it got me thinking that there was a time when we did just that. And some of you here today may remember when churches affirmed, encouraged, and announced the call for young men and women and everyone to go out as missionaries to be light to a world of darkness. But we don't sound that trumpet and proclaim it as we once did. We don't call people to really sacrifice all they have and all they are for the gospel. And it's sad, really, because we are the light of the world. We have a responsibility for the world to be light in the darkness. And I want to say to you today, to those of you listening to the sound of my voice, we, collectively, you and I, those of you tuned in online, have a responsibility to shine his light wherever we go. Wherever we go. That means even at school, at the playground, on the school bus, at your sporting events, we have a responsibility to shine his light to those around us. My second point this morning is we've got something that the world needs. We've got something. That something is Jesus. We've got something that the world needs. This is the second thing Jesus was saying when he said that we are the light of the world. We have something that the world cannot find anywhere else. Take, for example, Mother Teresa. And I've read a few stories about her, and maybe you've heard a few of her stories. But I want to share one with you this morning. She was speaking to persons who had come to meet her from all over the world. And among the group to which she she spoke, someone near the front asked the following, and this is just a paraphrase of that story. The person asked, it seems that more and more people are leaving the church all the time. But somehow, your initiative is attracting thousands upon thousands. What do you do? Without hesitating, Mother Teresa said, I give them Jesus. Yes, I know, said the person, but how do you do it? I give them Jesus, Mother Teresa replied. Yes, I know, Mother, said the person. But can you be more specific about how you do that? She said, I give them Jesus. She repeated it again. Mother, said the person, we're aware of your fine works. Tell us what strategies you use. Mother Teresa said quietly, I give them Jesus. There is nothing else. Church... What do we have that the world can't find anywhere else? All we have is the person of Jesus Christ. All we have is the person of Jesus Christ. So let me suggest to you that you do as Mother Teresa did. Give them Jesus. Because there is no higher order of life than that which Jesus taught. Christianity as an institution might not be too appealing at times. But if you understand the life And teachings of Jesus, you'll see that he was singular about his mission 
when it came to being about his father's business. Therefore, we have something, or rather someone, that the world needs. And it's Christ. Amen? It's Christ. Amen? My last point. We're going by very fast. This will probably be the shortest sermon I ever preach at Livestream. We aren't the source of this light. However, we are the reflectors of him. We're reflectors of him. There's one who has touched our lives and given us the power and authority to touch others. Once there was a teacher named Jesus who loved his students. He saw possibilities in them that no one else saw. He saw possibilities in them that they did not even see in themselves. You are the light of the world, he said to them. And so they became. The love they received from him, they passed on to others. And today, there is no place in this world that the light they received from him doesn't shine. Because of fierce persecution, it is sometimes only a faint flicker. Sometimes because of our weaknesses as his followers, the fire is uncertain and tentative, but still it glows. And now it is in your possession and it is in mine. We are the light of the world. You know, I don't believe I'm being overly dramatic when I say that there are people in this world who are lost in darkness and they're looking for a light, any light in fact. That's why they're turning to so many things. They're looking for a light to lead them to spiritual, emotional, and mental safety. How about your light? Is it shining? Could they find their way home to Christ because of you? You and I are the light of the world. We have a responsibility for the world. We have what the world desperately needs. We're not the source of the light, but we're mere reflectors. And with that... It is important for us to stay connected to that source. Because outside of him, we'll mess it up. We always do. And so sometimes, being the light of the world, all it takes is opening a door to a friendly conversation. And sometimes, it means even sharing your faith. It can be easy as an unsolicited cup of coffee for your co-worker. Or an invitation for your school friends to join you at youth group. On Mondays, or inviting them to life group, or to Sunday service. Church, when you regularly knock on that door to show you're available, people will remember and begin to wonder why you go above and beyond in your role. Eventually, the opportunity will present itself for you to share why you do what you do. And you'll be able to say, well, it's because I'm a Christian. Here's what that means to me. I'll close with this. It's the verse we opened with, but it comes from the message translation. It says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, 
on a light stand? Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So let's reflect Him well this school year. Amen? Let's reflect Him well in our neighborhoods, on the freeways, in our marriages, and in our friendships, and in our workplaces. At the